Hello, my name is Jim. This is my podcast, The Bloody Vegans. You're very welcome to it. Each week I'll be travelling ever deeper into the world of veganism, discovering along the way a multitude of viewpoints from the political and ethical to the practical. I'll be doing this through a series of conversations, each aiming to further illuminate my understanding and hopefully yours of all things plant-centric. And this week is no different. I'm going to be speaking with Olivier Mancondo, uh, speaker, author, uh, weight loss, wellness coach, and, and somebody who really has been through an incredible personal journey. By his own admission, when, when Olivier discovered plant-based nutrition and then ultimately veganism, he, he wasn't in a great state of health, chronic conditions, um, five, five and a half stone heavier than he, he ultimately became and, and is now, um, and was really sort of, he speaks to it, you know, feeling the effects of the ageing process. And, um, you know, I don't want to steal too much of Olivier's thunder because he tells a little bit of his his story, obviously, as we, as we, we get into the podcast chat. But um, uh, it, it, what, what sort of plant-based nutrition did for him in terms of reversing some of those conditions, and actually he describes it as almost reversing the ageing process, is, is simply, you know, incredible and, and a real inspiration to many. And he's, he's decided to go one step further and, and take that personal uh, journey and um, and use its uh, use the knowledge that he gained along that that way uh, to support others ultimately, um, and more power to him. So, uh, without further ado, here's a conversation between me and Olivier Mancondo. Yeah, thanks very much Jim, for having me. So I would like to give you, first of all, a uh, background of my health before I, I started uh, this vegan journey. Sure. So uh, basically, I was suffering from high blood pressure. And as people should know that uh, the, blood, the high blood pressure uh, is 50%. Uh, it's the cause of heart attack and strokes. And this is uh, cause, uh, make 50% of the cause of heart attack and strokes. And when you've got uh, high blood pressure as well, you can suffer from uh, kidney failures, heart failures. You can have problems with your sight, uh, vascular dementia. And uh, I remember even I spent a day and a half in hospital because my uh, blood pressure was too high. And I had headaches every day or every other day. And the headaches were so bad that um, I had to have some uh, painkillers with me all the time, some paracetamol in my uh, wallet. And I've had lots of dandruffs as well. And for example, if I had to comb my hair, you will see uh, dandruffs everywhere. It was so bad. I had some uh, chest pain as well. And what is bizarre is that when I had those chest pain, I had to drink some Coke to uh, calm me down. And I remember one day I was in a shopping center and I had a massive pain in my chest and I had to find a place where I could buy a, a bottle of Coke to uh, make it uh, go down. And I had as well uh, some back pain. And I remember even I had uh, a week off, a week of work because the pain was so bad. And I had some abscesses every single week. I had to, I had to have some abscesses. Mm. And uh, my joint was painful as well. And I remember even I had to um, have some x-ray done because in my one of my fingers, it was really swollen and it, I had some difficulty to move it. So I had to uh, have some uh, x-ray done. 
and basically what they did, they, they just gave me some uh, painkillers and had some heartburn as well. So uh, after most meal, I had to have some heartburn and especially if uh, I was having uh, beans and I had to see the dentist all the time, practically every month because with all the sweet uh, stuff that I was eating, the candies, um, cookies and all that. So I had really uh, lots of problems with my teeth and my weight was uh, 15 and a half stone. So, uh, and my BMI was 32. So if you have a BMI, which is more than 30, you are classes as obese. So basically I was obese. So I was eating lots, uh, all kinds of food. I was eating animal product, dairy product, processed food, fast food, junk food, anything. And I remember even I was eating until midnight. So at midnight, I had to have my bottle of cork with some biscuits or some cookies and stuff like that. And uh, the symptom that I've had, uh, I was always tired. So on my days, uh, the days that I had to go to work, I had to drag myself out of bed. And uh, on my days off, I was sleeping until one in the afternoon because I was so tired. Uh, so at night I was sleeping okay, but it was just in the morning. I had no energy and uh, most of the time I was out of breath, and especially when I, where I was working. I was working in the basement, I had to climb the stair all the time. And I remember I was always out of breath. And I had always uh, uh, some cold sore. Every three months, I would say, I had to have some cold sore. And uh, even if people have to see my picture, I had a very big belly and it was even difficult for me to start uh, doing my lace, my shoelaces. It was really dif difficult. And I remember as well, I wanted to replay tennis because when I was young, I used to play tennis and I even won a trophy. But with uh, the way I was always tired, my joints were painful. Uh, my back was hurting if all the time if I was bending, I had to have some my hurt, my back was hurting and stuff. And uh, I was starting to see a doctor. And uh, basically the doctor told me that I will have to be on medication for the rest of my life. And uh, I remember that time I didn't know anything about uh, the plant-based and all that. But instantly I said, no, 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 I can't have medication for the rest of my life. And I remember uh, he said, because you don't want that, I will have to record the, the conversation so that if something happened to you, I'm not going to be uh, liable wow. for that. Yeah. And he said, okay, you don't want any uh, medication. So what are you going to do? I said, okay, I will try to do some sport. And I even joined a karate club where I tried to, to do that. I thought maybe my blood pressure will, was go, were going down, but nothing happened. I'll still have that. And uh, I remember for my... Um, pain, I was just using paracetamol, ibuprofen, or for my heartburns, I was just buying uh, over-the-counter medication. And uh, for my dandruff, I, um, I used the anti-dandruff shampoo for nearly 16 years because of that. And for my back, my wife used to massage me with uh, some Chinese Vaporub ointment. Yeah. It was uh, maybe two or three times a week because it was so bad. And in 2016, what happened is that I was just watching a program on YouTube. It was by an Indian yogi. His name is Sadhguru. And he was talking about the uh, how consciously do we eat. And in that program, he was saying that meat was not designed for the human mechanism. And uh, if we want it to live our life to a highest level, 
we had to, uh, it was really important to know what we was eating. And if we uh, transitioned to a, a plant-based uh, diet, we could reduce 70% of our diseases. So I was watching that on a Wednesday, and I said to my wife, okay, I will stop eating meat. On, on Thursday, I went to work. I came back, I asked her to cook for me uh, my last uh, meal. And on Friday, I started. And now it's been five years, I've not touched any uh, meat product. That's how my journey uh, was. Wow. Wow. What, what, what an incredible, incredible story. So th- I'm, I'm fascinated by, you know, you've had all of these kind of various health complaints. You've been to a doctor. You've seen this, this video on YouTube. Did did you did you take much convincing that this was going to be the route that was gonna that was gonna help you? No, I, I just don't know why. But when I watched that video, I was completely convinced that that was the way to go. Because I remember, uh, even when my wife was serving me meat, for example, if she would put mm. maybe two or three pieces of meat or chicken, instantly I would feel. Um, it's like I didn't want to eat anymore. And that's what I told her to just, if she want to serve me some meat, she would just have to put one piece. If she put two mm-hmm. or three, my appetite was gone already. So uh, when I watched that program, uh, instantly I knew that that's the way I had to do. That's what I had to do. And when I adopted that, uh, there was a lot of benefit. So first of all, uh, I lost, uh, in, in that first week, I lost uh, 11 pounds. And within nine months, I lost a five and a half stone. And basically all the chronic diseases that I've had are completely gone. I remember four months into uh, changing uh, my diet, I went to the doctor and he was really surprised that I had no blood pressure anymore. While he told me that I will be on medication for the rest of my life. And he asked me, why did I do? I said, no, I, I went vegan. But... Uh, he just say, okay, that's fine. This, that's what you're doing. Continue to do that. And I remember even, even my blood, uh, my blood sugar went for 40, 41 to 37. Even if I was eating tons of fruit, my BMI went from 32 to 22. And uh, like I said, all the dandruffs, the the headaches, the, the the heartburn, every single thing was gone, and with no medication, with no medication at all. And for the past Five years, I've not been sick a single day, not even the cold, the flu, uh, cold, etc. And I've been able to uh, slow down my aging process as well. So when people see me, they think that I, I am in my late 20s, but I'm actually 51. So, wow. Yeah. You're looking pretty good on it, I must say, Olivier. What was the, the education process like for you in terms of learning about vegan nutrition? So obviously you were you were convinced that it was the way to go, but I imagine you had to find out exactly how to eat and how to look after yourself. What, what was that process like? Yeah, the process. So when I watched that vi- that, that video, I uh, was really intrigued, and especially when I saw that after a week I lost eleven pound, and uh, suddenly I started to have a lot of uh, energy. It was not a problem for me to wake up uh, in the morning and anymore. And now I'm starting to uh, read lots of books. For example, I read the mm. book from um, Are Not to Die from Dr. Mark Gregor. Mm. I read the book uh, Your Health um, Journey from Dr. Fred Bishi. I read um, The God Awakening Di- Diet by a guy called Anis. 
uh, I read again another book, uh, Timeless Secret of Health and Regeneration by uh, Andrea Moritz. And I'm starting to watch a lot of uh, documentary like Aspiracy, What's mm. the Health, and I'm starting really, really to, dip, uh, to go deep into it. So any book that I, I was talking about, um, the plant-based, I was watching that. Uh, there's even a guy who is a raw vegan. His name is uh, Lauren Lockman. I've been watching him a lot, or mm. Dr. Furman. So I really, really was uh, going uh, through that path. That's how I build up all my knowledge. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got an absolute treasure trove of knowledge in those those books you mentioned there. There's some 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 fabulous ones. I'm I'm fascinated by this this kind of like process of learning. You know, you've learned all this 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 amazing knowledge, but I suppose was there, you know, thinking about where your diet was before, where you're talking yeah. heavily processed, lots of sugar, yeah. lots of animal products. Mm. Was was this like a cold turkey, forgive the non-vegan pun, but was this kind of like a purely cut out on that Friday morning? Was it just no, you know, I'm going to eat purely fruit, vegetables, nuts, seeds, legumes, the whole, the whole work straight away? Or was there a bit of processed food to eliminate over the course of time that was still kind of vegan, but, but you know, not so good for you? No, no, I went cold turkey. I went cold <laughs> turkey because um, the way I, I am, when I get uh, took a, I take a decision, I have to abide to it. So when I say to my wife that uh, I will stop eating meat, I said, Thursday cooked me my last meal, and on Wednesday, uh, sorry, on Friday I went cold turkey. So I stopped everything: the milk, the dairy product, the processed food, every single thing. I stopped on on that Friday, wow. and that's why, for example, for that week I had a lot of detox symptoms. For example, I had right. for three days some massive headaches. I had more uh, cold sore. Uh, my my joint a little uh, even more than than before. I had more um, abscesses. Mm. So, and that's why you will see that a lot of people, when they, they do that, they will, uh, when they see all the, the, these detox symptoms, they will say, okay, no, 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 I'm, certainly I, I'm missing my, pro, my meat protein and stuff like that, and they will mm. stop. But for me, I was so determined to go ahead that I didn't even look at it. And I remember even my wife was scared. She said, no, maybe you have to stop. I said, no, because I've got, I took that decision, I will go ahead. And after a week, I, uh, everything uh, went back to, to, to normal. Yeah. So I went cold turkey straight away. <laughs> well, yeah. That amazing stuff. What, what did your kind of friends, families, you know, your co-workers, people like that say when you, you know, seeing you go from before where you wanted this bottle of Coke every so often because you weren't feeling great to kind of, you know, watching this transformation. You know, what, what was their view when you said, well, it's because I'm, I'm vegan now. Yeah. So, um, Apart from uh, my wife and my kids and my brother, I think all uh, my extend fa extended family, my friends, every uh, and, and friends and stuff, uh, they didn't support me basically. Um, right. Yeah, uh, they had lots of criticism, especially because I lost a lot of weight. They told me that I look sickly. Um, it was not good. Men should should be bulky, should be big. Uh, I look, uh, I don't look nice anymore. Uh, and even some people even told me that uh, they thought that I was HIV positive because I lost so much weight. But I said to them, okay, 
some of them even started to discourage me. They said, no, you have to, to mm. stop what you're doing. It's not good. Uh, maybe uh, all the, the diseases that you've got, all the chronic diseases that you've got will get worse and stuff. I said, no, the way I feel, it's great. And it's you who will have to get used to see me thin like this because there's no way I'm going back to that. So I persisted and today they can see all the benefit and some of them uh, try to implement a little bit of this. Mm. Yeah, but at the, at the beginning, it was really, really difficult. And if I was not uh, strong to my position, I would have gone back to eating meat. Or even when you go to see friends, uh, family and friends, they don't even know what to serve you. Or <laughs> if you go to restaurants, there's not many choices. So it's, it was a little bit, uh, it was not a little bit, but it was really challenging. But because I took that decision, I said, that's the way I'm going to do and no one is going to change my mind. That's uh, how it was, yeah. Yeah, more power to you. Thinking about that period of time, 2016 to 2021, there's obviously in this last five years, there's been a, a sort of explosion in vegan products, if you like, on the on the shelves. There's been a lot of... Uh, a lot more processed, a lot more fast food kind of options in the vegan community and so on and so forth. Yeah. What, what's your view of those as somebody who's really tackled veganism from a nutritional standpoint and really captured uh, sort of control over your health? What's your view of this kind of like, uh, you know, this processed food that's kind of creeping into the world of veganism? Do you see it as having a, a place or, or, or is it something uh, that you, you hold at uh, arm's length? Yeah, so uh, what I can say for that is that uh, if you treat that as a transition food at the beginning, that's not a problem. But if that's what you have to eat day in, day out, I don't think that it's a good option because at the end of the day, even if they, if they are vegan, they are still processed food. And the human mechanism works on uh, um, electrical. We need electri electricity for our body to work. We need microelectricity. And we can only have microelectricity from live food, which is fruit, vegetables, legumes, grain, nuts, and seed. But if we have to eat all this processed food, they are dead food. They can't give mm. you the vitality or the energy that you need. So if you have to use that just as a transition food, that's okay. Or if you, are, you can use that um, uh, as a treat, then that's mm. okay. But if you have to eat that day in, day out, you will be sick. And that's not the good way to, to, to go. And that's why I can see that there are a lot of uh, unhealthy vegans because that's mm. mostly what they eat. They like lots of processed food. Even if you go on, uh, I've got um, on, on my Facebook, I'm in a, a vegan um, a group. And you see they keep posting uh, processed food. So mm. I don't think that that's a, a good idea if you have to go ahead with um, just eating uh, processed food, even if they are vegan. The you need really to eat um, all food, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Did you know? Thinking about the again, going back to this kind of this journey of five years. At what point did you decide? Joe, you know what I'm going to tell other people this story. I'm going to become, you know, because now you're a successful public speaker. You're an author. You know, you, you haven't kept this story to yourself. You, you could have done. Uh, no one would have blamed you for, yeah. for, for you know, taking all the health benefits and, and carrying on as you were. But, uh, you know, what kind of made you think, do you know what, this, is, this has got to be something I share with others? Yeah. I think it was in 2018, after all the transformation, 
that I saw. Uh, I, th I saw that normally people think that it's normal that you get sick with age. Mm. When I started, I was 46. So uh, as the years was passing by, my health was getting better. So I said that, no, 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 I need to share this wisdom. I need to share the knowledge that I've got because it's not normal that people have to be sick. It's not mm. normal. It's possible to live a disease-free life. And it's in 2018, I started to speak to... Before that, I was getting all the knowledge. And before, after that, in 2018, I decided to start uh, sharing uh, the, um, my knowledge. I went to some local churches. Uh, I started to speak to my friends. I started to, to go to some uh, local venues to, to try and... Um, share the message and it's in uh, 2019 that i decided that now i just want this to be now my uh, way of living uh, to become a, a public speaker and to uh, basically live from that yeah so I, was... I didn't want to keep all the knowledge for me because people don't understand how it is mm. to not be sick it's possible mm. not to be sick and just if you eat the uh, food designed for the human mechanism, you keep your pH in um, alkaline uh, state, it's basically, basically impossible for you to be sick. And like I said, I've not been sick for a, single, for a single day for five years. But I remember before that, every single year I had to have the flu two or three times a year. But now it's completely gone. So even at, uh, at, 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 when I was working at my uh, old work, when people were having the flu, I was always the only one who didn't have that. Can you tell us a little bit more about this this alkalinity, the the kind of pH level of foods, and you know what that what that kind of means? I imagine there's a lot of people, even if they've been on the vegan journey for some time, who who are listening to this, thinking I've heard a little bit about this kind of alkalinity, and you know I should eat alkaline, etc. But I don't really know what that means. Could you could you sort of expand a little bit on that? Uh, yes. So uh, basically, you've got uh, different types of food. You've got the food that make the body alkaline and the food that make the body acidic. And uh, the, the pH, the, the neutral, it's uh, around 7.35. That's the neutral. Mm. And when you eat the uh, food like uh, fruit, vegetables, legumes, granuts, and seeds, it makes your blood alkaline which means that it will be difficult for the uh, pathogen to develop in that kind of environment. But when you eat uh, things like dairy product, uh, processed food, um, meat product and stuff, your pH in your blood will go down. And when it goes down, uh, basically what will happen is that uh, your body, your, uh, the pathogen will be able to live in that kind of environment because your body will not be able to, your blood will not be able to circulate the oxygen. And in an environment where there's less oxygen, there's a place where you will have the, the cancer cells and all that will be able to uh, thrive. So what you have to do is that you need to eat the, uh, fruit, the, the food which, has got, uh, which will make your blood alkaline instead of eating the, those ones which will make your blood um, acidic because the pathogen only developed in an acidic uh, body. So what you eat is really, really important. I see. So, so essentially, as close as you can get to the whole food, as yes. close as you can get to the original source, the better. Yeah, the better. Because like I've just said, our body needs microelectricity, mm. and we need mm. 
microelectricity for the body to work in an optimal way. And why do uh, when you see, you will see that all these food they are live food. Mm. Why do I call them live food? For example, if you look at a green banana, if you leave it there after a couple of days, it's become yellow. If that that banana doesn't get eaten after a week or ten days, then the rotting process starts. So you will see that the banana is leaving. It was green, it became yellow, and after a bit, uh, the rotting process starts. But when you look at animal product, as soon as the animal dies, the rotting process starts immediately, which means that it's dead food. Or, for example, you cannot take a piece of chocolate, you put that in the soil, and expect a tree to grow. No, because these are dead food. So we got li living bodies. How can you feed a living body with dead food? It doesn't make any sense. You need to give your food, your body, living food. And this living food have got life energy. And that mm. will sustain you. So you need always to try and eat as much as possible live food. That's what you have to do if you want to be in good health. I see. Makes, makes sense. Okay. At the beginning of the, your, your journey, when you were talking about some of these sources... Uh, of of knowledge that you kind of came across. Yeah, you talked about coming across kind of raw veganism. Yeah, and and I'd I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that and how, you know, how raw veganism kind of can benefit your health and and if there are any pitfalls to it as well. Yeah, uh, uh, like I said, the, you need to eat as much as possible the raw food because in raw food you've got live live enzymes, and when you've got live enzymes. First of all, your body will not uh, spend much energy to produce enzyme because when you eat cooked food, your body needs to produce live enzymes to uh, enzymes to be able to digest the food. But when you eat raw food, you've already got all these live enzymes, and it's very easy as well for your body to digest uh, raw food. So it's always better to eat raw food, and that's why, for example, for me, uh, like I said, I only eat twice a week, twice a day at uh, 12 and at 7 that's usually what i do so in uh, a week i've got 14 meals and out of those 14 meals uh, 11 are raw i only eat three cooked meal just because of that so i just want my body to spend less energy digesting food and to not to produce uh, enzymes to digest the food so when you eat raw food uh, basically it's it's a better you so you need to eat as much uh, raw food and, uh, as possible that's what you have to do yeah i see i see can you would you mind talking us through like a typical kind of day's nutrition for you i'm, I'm fascinated to know what it what it kind of looks like yeah so what i do uh like i said i only eat twice a day and what do i need uh, eat uh, twice a day it's because i do uh, what is called intermittent fasting but i do that differently for other people other people what they do they will uh, fast for 16 hours and they will eat for a window of, of eight hours. But for me, I only eat twice a day and in between, I don't eat no, no snack. Just if I have to drink, maybe just water, that's it. And why do I do that? It's because uh, we spend 80% of our energy to digest the food. So if you're grazing all day long, even if you are eating uh, plant-based, if you are grazing all day long, your body will keep digesting all the time and you will always spend that 80% of energy. And your body can only heal and repair when it's not digesting food. That's why I spend uh, my time not eating unless it's at 12 and at 7. And uh, I eat uh, raw 
like I said, just to have all these uh, life enzymes. And uh, at um, uh, midnight, sorry, sorry, what I'm saying, at uh, 12 o'clock, I only eat fruit. It's only fruit. Every day at uh, 12, it's only fruit. Uh, the diversity of fruit. Maybe it can be banana, uh, uh, pears, uh, apples, and stuff like that. And at night, on the day that I'm not eating cooked food, I will eat, again, fruit with uh, uh, some salad. And the salad will have maybe some lettuce, uh, tomatoes, uh, cucumber, uh, onions, and, and stuff like that. So um, the only day where I eat uh, cooked food, it's uh, Wednesdays, uh, Fridays, and Sundays. So the other days, fruit always at uh, 12, uh, at 12 noon, and at night it's either cooked food or fruit with uh, a salad. That's how I eat. Amazing. Yeah. And the, the typical kind of cooked meals, what, what do they kind of look like? Yeah, for the cooked meals, for example, I can have some quinoa with uh, beans and spinach. Uh, I can have um, some brown rice uh, with uh, mushrooms and uh, courgette mm -hmm. or some aubergine or some chickpeas, uh, lentils, uh, tofu, uh, tempeh. So I, mm -hmm. I just try to vary uh, really uh, what I, I, I eat. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, it, it, it sounds incredibly healthy. Not, not, a, not a processed food in sight. I love it. No, I really don't eat processed food. For example, uh, this month, uh, I've had only uh, ice cream, vegan ice cream, only once, one, uh, one cone of ice cream. So that's the processed food that I've been able to eat uh, all this month. <laughs> that Just, was it. Uh, yes. <laughs> and uh, I think maybe uh, one burger, uh, obviously a vegan burger. I've done that myself. It's not that, uh, mm. yeah, so that's, that's, that's all I have. So I really, really eat little of uh, uh, processed food. How about the role of things like uh, like caffeine? You know, I mean, as as a society, we're quite, you know, I know personally, I'm quite heavily caffeinated yeah. all the time, and and I often wonder about its uh, its detrimental impact upon my my health. So I'd, I'd love to get your view on kind of where caffeine can fit into a diet, or, or whether it should at all. Yeah, so uh, caffeine, um, it's classes in the group because we've got. Uh, uh, three different types of food uh, if you have to look that on the uh, I would say spiritual level you've got the sentient mm. food which are the fruit, vegetables, the gum, grain and nut and seed and you've got the mutated food uh, which are uh, chocolate, coffee tea and stuff like that they create mm. restlessness and uh, they, they are not good for the mind but they can they may or may not be good for the body but definitely not okay. for the mind so, and uh, on the physical level, if you look at the uh, coffee, for example, uh, it will um, dehydrate your body. It's mm. going to dehydrate your body. And what will happen when your body is dehydrated, it's going to uh, have an effect, a diuretic effect. So it's going to make you pee a lot. And this is not good for your body. So, uh, for example, for me, I don't touch coffee. That's a, a no-go. No coffee uh, in, in my life because I don't want to uh, make my body in that state. And uh, when you drink that as well, it's going to have an, an impact in, on your liver. Mm. So that's, that's not uh, something that I, I can advise someone to take it. 
Olivia, I've got some work to do, clearly. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I'd love to hear a little bit about the, the story of the book. What what kind of made you uh, write a book and where did you get the inspiration from? Uh, yes. The inspiration, it's only, uh, like I've, I said before, uh, because I um, the transformation that I went through, uh, the weight that I've lost and the health benefits that I've been able to reap for this change, I thought, uh, uh, yes, I can go and speak to people, but the best thing will be uh, to put that on uh, in a book so that uh, people can have that all over the world. And that will be uh, the best way, uh, one of the best ways as well to be able to share uh, what I've been able to uh, uncover uh, during my uh, all this process. So in the book, uh, basically what I'm talking about is I try to show uh, the specific diet of the human uh, the human beings. I show uh, that um, the adverse effect of the uh, the animal product, the dairy product, the processed food, and I speak in that book uh, because people keep saying that human beings are omnivores. But in the book, I try to show people that we are omnivores. We are not omnivores. We are herbivores and uh, specifically frugivores. I show that in the book, mm. and then I speak about my uh, transformation, the process that I went through, and I speak about how the uh, medical uh, establish establishment deal with the disease. And then at the end of the book, I give a lot of uh, steps that if, if people uh, can follow that, they will be able to transform their lives. Just an example, for example, um, vegans, they use uh, the uh, microwave. Most people use mm -hmm. the microwave. But what people have to understand is that when you put the food in the microwave and you press the start button, the molecule forming that food will start moving at an incredible speed. And that movement will create a friction. And the fric friction will create the heat. So when you get your food out, they will be cooked or hot. But what people don't know is that the molecular structure of the food will be completely destroyed. So you might as well eat cardboard. And when you eat uh, microwave food, you're going to suffer from cataract, cancer, uh, heart disease, uh, high blood pressure, uh, reproductive disorders, and the list goes on. So simple things like that that I've uh, wow. said in my book that people can really transform their lives. So just just simply from using the microwave, so yes. just because of this this molecular structure of the yes. food changing. Yeah, it's completely wow. changed. Yeah. Wow. So there are lots of stuff like that that people can change. You, for example, uh, the water that people drink. You need to mm. filter your water because in the water you've got lots of chlorine and lots of fluoride. And people say that the fluoride is good for the, your teeth. No, the fluoride is not good for the teeth. The fluoride is a poison. The fluoride is a poison. It will, mm. uh, for example, if uh, uh, a rodent, it's the fluoride. It's going to kill them. Or in the toothpaste, they put fluoride. But for example, the advice that I give people, if they want to use the toothpaste, they need to use the one which, which is fluoride-free. So for example, just using... Uh, uh, um, to, 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 to be able to... Uh, to filter your water, uh. this will have an impact on your system. Because when you look, you will see that... Our body is 72% water, so we need water. 
and the quality of your water is, will have a bigger impact in your life. So you need to start filtering your tap water because it's not safe. And what does that filtering process look like? I mean, are we talking standard filters you buy off the, off the supermarket shelf? Uh, yes, uh, the one that I, I've got, uh, it's called, uh, the name is PH Recharge. I bought it from mm. uh, Amazon. Mm. Yeah, from Amazon, it's got three filters inside and you just put the water inside and you, you, you there's a like a tap when you can uh, take the water. But other people as well, they, they use uh, re reverse osmosis, uh, right. which is uh, you can put that under your tap. And this is even better. And I'm thinking of uh, maybe upgrading to that kind of uh, uh, filter. Yeah, but this so is that's kind really of like important. a built into your, into your tap yes. solution. Yeah. Or for example, when I have a bath, I've bought um, the, the 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 end of uh, the um, the shower the the shower thing. The shower yeah. heads. Yeah. The shower head. But you can buy a shower head with a filter inside, because mm. you can see that our bodies absorb all the water that when you have a shower your body is uh, your, your skin will absorb the water and the water that we use have got a lot of chlorine and fluoride so if you buy that shower head with um, a filter inside then that's uh, something good as well that people can do yeah great great top tips love them thank you yeah i'd love to go back to this point about uh omnivores herbivores and frugivores yeah and just just for folks who don't know, it'd be good to sort of hear a little bit about, you know, the the thinking behind this idea that we're not actually omnivores at all. That in fact we're and we're not even really herbivores. We're frugivores. I'd, yeah. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, when we look, for example, you take a look at uh, carnivores, you will see that they've got two-person canines. The incisors are short and the molar are practically not developed because carnivores, they've only got one movement in their jaws. They can only cut and swallow. They don't chew their food. So if you pay attention, you look at a cat, a dog, you will see that they can only swallow. But when you look at herbivores, they have to cut and chew their food. And when you look at us human beings, we have to cut and chew our food just like herbivores. So in this instance, you can see the similitude between human beings and herbivores. And yet, if you look at carnivores as well, if they want to drink water, they lick up their water. But herbivores, they suck up their water. And this is exactly what we human beings we do. We suck up the water just like herbivores. So again, here you can see the similitude between human beings and herbivores. And when you look at carnivores as well, they pants. And that's the way for them to regulate their temperature. But herbivores, they sweat through their skin. And this is exactly what we human beings we do. We sweat through our skin. Again, another resemblance between human beings and herbivores. And when you look at carnivores as well, they've got uh, the gestation period is 15 weeks or less. So, for example, for a wolf to have cubs, it's going to take nine weeks. For a cheetah, it's 13 weeks. And for a lion, it's 15 weeks. But when you look at big herbivores, the gestation period is 34 weeks or more. For example, a cow to have a calf, it's going to take 40 weeks. For a horse, it's 47 weeks. For a giraffe, it's 60 weeks, and for the human beings, it's 40 weeks. Again, the human beings falls in the category of big herbivores and not carnivores. So you can see that carnivores, they've got a shorter gestation period and multiple birth. So for example, a lioness will have multiple cubs and one go. And when those cubs are born, they are blind. They will start seeing after a week or two weeks. But when you look at big herbivores, they've got single birth. 
For example, a cow will have one calf, an elephant will have one calf, and when those calves are born, they are not blind, they can see straight away. And when we look at us human beings, we've got single birth as well, rarely, rarely twins, and when our babies are born, they can see straight away just like herbivores. And as well, you will see that for carnivores, because when we eat meat, it gets transformed into uric acid. And that's why you will see that carnivores, they've got very powerful kidneys to get to, uh, so that they can get rid of that uric acid. But for harsh human beings, we haven't got that powerful kidneys. And there's an enzyme, which is called tylene. That enzyme enables the digestive process to start in the mouth region. And only human beings and herbivores have got that. No carnivores have got that enzyme. So again, here you can see the similitude between human beings and herbivores. And when you look at carnivores as well, you will see that the uh, gastric acid in the stomach, it's 20 times stronger than human beings. Because like I said, they don't, uh, carnivores, they've only got one movement in their jaws. They can only cut and swallow. So they have to have powerful stomach acid to be able to digest the food, the bones and all that. But for us human beings, we can only digest 20% of the meat. And if you look, for example, at the gorilla, we share 99% of the same DNA. But what do gorilla eat? They eat fruit, vegetables, and tender roots. They do not eat meat. So how come we share 99% of the same DNA, which means that our digestive tract are practically the same, but gorilla do not eat meat? So from that, you can really see that human beings, they have got nothing in common with, car with carnivores, nothing in common. We are herbivores and especially frugivores. And, and another, another example that I can give. For example, let's say uh, they put you in a very big enclosure. They put you with a goat inside, a live goat. Okay? They tell you that you will stay in that enclosure. They give you no tools. And they say that for two weeks, you will stay in that enclosure and that goat will be your food. I'm sure if we come back after two weeks, you'll be starving to death. Because with your bare hands, you're not going to be able to kill that goat. You're not going to be able to eat it. Which means that we are not um, designed to eat meat. But you do the same experiment, you put a tiger inside, it's going to be a fist for him. So we are not biologically designed to eat meat. Definitely. It makes perfect sense. When you lay it out like that, it's like it just appears perfectly obvious. Yeah. Yeah, but people keep saying that we are omnivores. We are not. And even when you look at the, the digestive tract, you will see that uh, carnivores, they've got very uh, short intestines. And, uh, car and herbivores have got very long intestine. And when you look at us human beings, we've got long intestine, which are 9 meters or 27 feet long. And why do we have... Uh, very long intestine and carnivores a short intestine is because when you look at the, the meat, let's say, for example, you eat fruit. It takes between three and four hours to pass through a system. If you eat raw vegetables, it takes between 12 hours, around 12 hours to pass through a system. If you eat cooked vegetables, it takes between 24 and 30 hours to pass through a system. But if you eat meat, fish or chicken, it takes 72 hours or three days to pass through a system. So meat passes through the system very slowly. That's why carnivores have got very short intestine, which are roughly three times the length of their bodies. But meat, uh, fruit and vegetables pass through the system very quickly. That's why human beings and herbivores have got longer intestine. And usually herbivores, their intestine are six times the length of their bodies.
So we are completely different from uh, carnivores. There's nothing in common. Specifically for for folks who don't perhaps know quite the distinction. So a frugivore versus a herbivore. What's what's the difference there, and why, in your view, would humans be classed as specifically a frugivore over? You mentioned there like a, a gorilla that might be more considered a herbivore. No, no, uh, I think a, gori- a gorilla it falls in the category of a frugivore as well. A frugivore. Yes. Okay. So uh, when you look at the the difference between a frugivores and um, and herbivores is that the herbivores they entirely eat uh, grass or uh, foliage right. and stuff like that, and I usually see. you will see that they've got uh, maybe three or four stomachs or something like that. But mm. uh, for us human beings, we are uh, the, the the primary source of fuel for a human being is fruit, and then we mm. can add uh, some tender leaves. For example, if you have to eat kale or or broccoli, it's uh, really hard for the human system to digest that. That's why we have, uh, it's better to uh, when it's cooked. But uh, if you have to eat uh, le- the lettuce, it's really tender, that's, uh, that's fine. And that's what usually what the uh, gorilla eat, uh, tender uh, roots or tender leaves and uh, f- uh, mostly fruit. So uh, I uh, diet for human, the human mechanism is mostly fruit because that's the... Um, the fuel, the primary source of fuel for the human mechanism. It makes makes perfect sense. I'd love to get your perspective on on organic food versus kind of the the sort of shop-bought fruit and vegetables. You know, is organic food something that in your advice, would would be your advice for a optimal kind of diet? Yeah, definitely. Definitely the organic is better. Because with the organic, they don't use pesticide, they don't use herbicide, they don't use all these things. Uh, they, 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 don't, they, they let the, food, the fruit grow normally, naturally, instead of uh, putting lots of stuff so that it can grow very quickly. And then they can sell it. So definitely the um, organic fruit is the best option, the best option always. But if you're not able to buy uh, the organic, then you can buy the the normal fruit, which is a lot better than eating uh, animal product. So, because uh, not being able to afford organic fruit doesn't have to uh, deter you from mm. going into um, this plant-based diet. If you cannot afford the uh, organic fruit, just buy the normal fruit. Uh, I'm sure the with the um, the wisdom or the the intelligence that the human body has got. Somewhere or another, your body will be able to get rid of uh, most of these toxins. Mm. Yeah, so definitely organic is the first choice. Absolutely. Yeah, Olivier, for folks who are sort of tra- transitioning over, you know, and perhaps finding it kind of a little tough. I imagine you, in, you know, in your line of work, you speak to a lot of people yeah. uh, who are in exactly this space. What's your kind of advice for those people who haven't perhaps got uh the same fortitude you had to, to to almost overnight decide that's it for me you know what what's your advice on that transitional period yeah uh, what I, I usually advise people is not to go cold turkey like me <laughs> yeah i don't advise people to do that because um uh if you have been eating really really bad if you go cold turkey you will have lots of bad symptoms because that's how the human mechanism gets rid of all these toxins it will make you sick and usually when you even when you you've got all these uh, detox symptoms it's really really 
counterintuitive to go and buy some uh, over-counter medication that you can take to stop the symptoms. No, that's why uh, if I have to um, advise people is to uh, go step by step. So, for example, instead of eating meat uh, seven days in a week, maybe they can start doing five days. And then maybe after three weeks or a month, they can go down to three days. So they can go little steps. Or for example, if they are used to have milk every day, for example, milk, they can uh, get the uh, vegan, the plant-based milk, for example, they, they can do that choice. And even if, if you go uh, to some shop like Tesco or Morrison, you'll be able to find some uh, nice... Um, uh, plant-based uh, dairy product, for example, the uh, cheese, uh, but which was made from uh, plant. You can have those alternatives, or if you, you you still want to continue, but you can still decrease those stuffs. And for example, for the processed food, instead, for example, of buying a, a bottle a can of uh, beans, just try to cook that yourself. So you can implement small changes like that, and over time, it's going to build over, and you will see that your health will be transformed. So definitely, I will ask people to go step by steps. Yeah, definitely. Amazing. But Olivia, it's been been a fascinating uh, chat with you. I've, I've learned I've learned an awful lot. It, for folks who would love to get in touch with you, and I'm sure there'll be there'll be many. Uh, or, or maybe pick up a copy of the book. Where do they go about going? Yeah, if they want to uh, know more about me, they can go on my website, which is oliviermancondo.com. That's oliviermancondo.com, where they will be able, uh, if they want, they can uh, have a look at my um, uh, online uh, weight loss and wellness program. They can have a look at it. They can, if they want to buy my book, uh, they can go on Amazon. It's on uh, Amazon. They can buy that over there. And they can as well, uh, if they want to know more about all the, the my knowledge, they can go on my YouTube channel. I speak about all these stuff, so about uh, the, the plant base, about the diseases, uh, like, for example, the um, constipation, about the diabetes, uh, high blood pressure. I speak, uh, there's tons of, lots of videos that I've done that people can uh, watch and they will be able to uh, increase their knowledge. Amazing. Well, I'll put some links in the show notes as well for folks to hopefully uh, direct them towards you. But um, yeah, like I say, Olivia, thank you so much for your time. It's been a, been a real education for me. Okay, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>